Welcome to the Expert Network Team Podcast. Where our goal is to inform and educate our listeners on matters related to finance, legal, insurance, accounting, and other interests that are of personal and business nature. We hope you will find our content useful as well as entertaining. The Expert Network Team consists of Carl Frank of ANI Financial, Mike Miller of Miller and Associates CPAs, Jeff Cromendike of Security First Insurance Agency, and I'm Nathan Merrill. I'm an attorney at Goodspeed and Merrill. Together, our independent team combines our expertise to provide you insights and solutions, some straightforward, some profound, for real-life opportunities we see on a daily basis. We hope you enjoy the information contained in today's podcast and find it useful. If you'd like to learn more or desire to meet with any of the Expert Network team members in person, you can contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's I-N-F-O at expertnetworkteam.com. We encourage you to take advantage of a free consultation with any of our team members. Just mention this podcast when you schedule your appointment. Now on to today's podcast. All right, welcome to today's podcast. This is Nathan Merrill of Goodspeed and Merrill, and I'm here with uh, Carl Frank of A&I Financial. And uh, today we're really going to showcase Carl. It's um, an honor. And, and yes, it's an honor for me to to be here and to uh, talk with you today. The the Thanks, Nate. The discussion that we're going to uh, pursue here is um, to get to understand retirement preparation a little better. I know this is one of your... Uh, kind of primary or key focuses when you're dealing with clients is making sure they've got a plan to get them to retirement so they can enjoy their retirement, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Whether you retire early or late, when you always want to quit working at some point in your life and, and do what's fun. So retirement income planning is a big part of what we do at A&I Financial Services. And today I'm hoping to talk about ways to do it tax-free. I like that because be I hate tax. Yeah, I know and, it. And just as a kind of to set the stage here, retirement isn't necessarily um, a universal uh, thing. I mean, we you know our our parents, our retirement is not the same as our parents' retirement. Yeah, they that's they for had sure. pensions, they had those sorts of things. Very f- infrequently do you see plans like that anymore. And yeah. then and then probably the generation just preceding us was kind of the the explosion of the 401k, the tax deferred 401k. That's exactly right. And what are we seeing now? How is it, how are things changing? How is the landscape changing? It's completely different now because less people have those pensions from their big corporations and, and less and less of us are going to have a retirement income that is guaranteed from anybody. And so it's really on our own backs. We've got to find ways to do it ourselves. And, and for 30 or 40 years now, we've had the 401k where we get a tax deduction on the way in. And now we're turning the tables. Since 2006, we've been able to turn the tables and get tax-free retirement income from a Roth 401k. And so I'm super excited to talk about the ins and outs and the pros and cons of the Roth 401k with you. Okay, so uh, a 401k, just again to kind of recap, was tax-free going in, taxed on the exit. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you put in pre-tax dollars. You and your employer put in pre-tax dollars, and and your employer might put in a match. They might put in a in a discretionary amount, and but you wouldn't have paid income tax on it yet. And then when you're ready to retire, you when you have to pull the money out after age seventy two. Now that changed in twenty twenty, but uh, you're paying income tax on every dollar that you pull out. So you grow it tax deferred. You pull it out, and you're income taxed. That's okay. the traditional route. 
So the the new twist on this is what tax taxable going in, or help me understand how the four hundred one k has evolved to to meet this. That's exactly right. You're so the, talking about so the Roth four hundred one k uses after tax dollars, so you'll be able to pay income tax right now on the dollars you contribute. It grows tax free, and when you're ready to retire, you pull it out tax free. Okay, so. Um, why? Well, there's three big reasons. There's okay. three big benefits to choosing tax-free over tax-deferred. And the first one is tax-deferred is tax-compounded. It has to be that way or you haven't grown your money. So think about it this way. If you have 100 bucks today and you can either put it in the 401k traditional or the 401k Roth, you're going to have $100. But if you put it in the Roth, maybe you have $75 afterwards because you're going to pay income tax on mm-hmm. it. And then you're going to grow $75. And so let's say you get to your retirement and it's tripled in value. So the person who has the deferred account took $100 and turned it into $300, and they feel really good. The person who has the $75 turned it into $225, mm-hmm. if my math is right. Sure. So they still feel really good because they can spend all $225. The person in the $300 can only spend $225. Holding tax is constant. It's the same 25% tax burden on the bigger amount of money or the smaller amount of money. And which would you rather pay taxes on? A lot of people would rather pay it on the smaller amount of money. So tax deferred is always tax compounded. Comparing it to tax free or tax deferred, a lot of people just emotionally feel better about paying the money on a smaller amount. The second big reason though, the second big reason is what a lot of planners hope for and what I think a lot of people are hoping for too. And that is that, you know, well, maybe I'll be in a smaller tax bracket later in life, right? My income will go down. If I quit work and I don't have the income that I used to have, uh, you know, then I'll be in a lower tax bracket. And that might work for you. So tax deferred might work in that case. But in the real world, what's happening with inflation and everything else, or people who, like you said, don't have the traditional retirement plans that they used to have, maybe they're building a business, they're small business owners who are building a business and they're going to plan on having an income stream or they own real estate that's providing an income stream or in other ways, maybe they have their investment accounts set up in a way where they're getting dividends and other income, maybe they're not going to fall into a lower tax bracket. So, you, you, you know, that, that path might not work for you. So the second big thing is that as we age, we lose tax deductions. Right. It's always been that way, and it's likely to be that way in the future. Well, and, and not to get uh, too tied in with current events, but, uh, you know, one of the questions I've been taking a lot in the last week, given that this Election the, time. Yes, the second week of November that we're in now is what's going to happen with all the 2017 tax cuts. Right. right? Are they going away? Because uh, contrary to common perception sometimes is the lower end of the tax brackets did get a fair amount of tax breaks. Absolutely. Um, Those people who didn't pay more than $10,000 in state level taxes ended up just fine, and they got a very large kind of universal tax deduction. So itemization went away for a lot of people. And so... um, Right. I mean, that's that's that that tax cut helped a lot of people, but it hurt some others as well. And so sometimes a tax cut isn't universally good or bad. Right. It just, you know, and and in today's politically divided world, you know, a lot of times we see things politically before we see things, you know, factually or mathematically or financially. So what I bring that up for is to point out, going back to a comment you just kind of glossed over, which is, well, no, is tax rates being constant. Right. Yeah, because they might not be. And that's the third big thing. If you think taxes are going up, it's better to pay taxes today 
with a Roth 401k because your dollars are smaller. We're going to assume that you're going to grow that investment account. My goodness, that's the goal here at A&I Financials, grow your investment accounts and then, and then pull it out tax-free. And if you think taxes are going to be higher later, you will have saved yourself oodles of oodle. Right. And, and also if you plan on retiring wealthy where you're going to be taking out a lot of money. I mean, if you plan on downgrading your lifestyle in retirement, then maybe loss yeah. of deductions and those things aren't so terrible, but right, right, right. I mean, a lot of people, you know, this is, this is common. Uh, you, you can make a lot of money while you're working and then just say, quit the whole work world. I'm tired of making all that money and I'm going to live off what I've saved or live off the business I built or the real estate that I've invested in or whatever it is. And so their taxable income does go down. Right. But for a lot of people, that's planning to fail instead of, you know, you, you know, pl- failing to plan is planning to fail. So if you can't figure that out, you might find yourselves paying a lot more taxes with a lot less choice and control later in life than if you just figured it out now. You know, a Roth 401k is a little bit like, um, uh, you know, you're sacrificing a little today to have a little bit better later on in life. You know, there's two things I read the other day that uh, are indicators of your kid's success. One is the education of your kid's mom, and you know. Might be too phenomenal. Late. Yeah, right. I'm in very your happy case, in my that, case, yeah, yeah we, we we married very well. I think all of us on the expert team married very well. Our wives are brilliant and beautiful, and powerful people, and good people. We're very very lucky. And then on the other hand, you know, you know, we can't control that though. The other hand is, are your kids able to defer gratification? Deferred gratification is a huge indicator of future success. And it's the same with the Roth. And it just makes common sense, doesn't it? That you can, if you can defer gratification, you can be a little bit wealthier later. Yeah, no, I actually uh, am reading a book that relies heavily on that concept. It's an old Harvard study with the marshmallows, the kids and the marshmallows. I love it. Yeah. Tell that story. It's a great story. Well, they they were giving these kindergartners, I think they were um, preschoolers or kindergartners, marshmallows and say, if you can wait... I think it was just like five minutes or something like that. We'll give you two marshmallows. And the kids couldn't, a fair number, I can't remember the exact exact statistics, a fair number couldn't wait couldn't five wait. minutes. They just didn't understand what it meant to have two instead of the one. They just they saw the marshmallow, <laughs> they wanted to eat it. But they followed these kids. This is what they, I guess they call a longitudinal study or whatever. Oh, they right, followed over these a long kids period of time. over a long period of time. And the ones who couldn't wait proved like you say to not be able to actually they didn't have as much money later on it was just wasn't just money they didn't see the consequences of their decisions generally speaking so they they had all kinds of issues less successful whereas those who were able to defer the gratification ended up in a much more uh stable environment um that's a great point yeah and and there's a really great youtube video of some of these cute kids and you know (laughs) they just look they're like you know, squirming and uneasy. It's really, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we'll have to post that. It's like kids say the darndest thing type stuff. But it um, is. Yeah, it's just like that. So another thing I want to go back to is the other nice thing is that I heard you say, and, and this may be less technical than just um, emotional, is when you look at your balance in a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, you're looking at the money. I mean, you, the way you said it, you're looking at the money you can spend. You, you don't can, have to discount that in your mind for like, I still got to pay taxes on that or whatever the case may be. Oh my gosh, Nate, that's such a huge point. And it's a huge benefit. If you've got 200 bucks in there, you can spend $200. But if you have $200 in a 401k, the traditional deferred or, tra- or traditional IRA, you have to discount it maybe more than you think. So it, think through this math. This is where it gets really, really um, 
uh, disturbing. So if you're in the 24% tax bracket, you have to increase your distribution by 32%. So if you need 10,000 tax on the tax basically yeah, because you're paying tax on the tax. So if you need 10,000 bucks, you have to pull out 13,200 from your deferred IRA if you're in that 24% tax bracket. 24% tax bracket for most people uh, you know, it's an average couple around uh, earning a hundred thousand something. I don't remember the bottom or the top of that bracket like off the top of my head, but yeah, yeah, it's in that range. So if you're in a hundred and fifty thousand or so, then you're in that twenty four bracket. But that stinks, man. Because if you need a hundred thousand dollars for whatever reason, you want to buy that mobile home, you're going to pull out one hundred and thirty two. Right. But if you're pulling it out of the Roth, you see, you only have to pull out a hundred, and that's yep. a huge benefit. Twenty four percent tax bracket means a thirty two percent additional increase, not just twenty four percent, but thirty two because you're going to pay tax on the tax. Right. Ouch. So um, another thing that uh, I think I've heard in a couple of different contexts: how do advisor fees factor yeah. into all this? Yeah, great, great question. So advisor fees can be pulled, like our advisor fees used to be a tax deduction. Before 2017, that was another tax deduction that we actually lost in 2017. Uh-huh. The SALT tax, state and local tax was a big one. Um, the advisor fees was another one. So it's no longer a tax deduction. But advisor fees can be pulled from a tax-free account, like a tax-free Roth or a tax-deferred IRA. Well, that'd be cool to pull it from a tax-deferred IRA because then Uncle Sam's paying part of the advisor fee, too. You can reduce the advisor fee by that same percentage. But our advisor's fee is a percentage of the assets. So if you're doing, if you're investing pre-tax assets, you're paying advisor fees on what you're growing for the government. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So a lot of times you're not going to hear this from a lot of the, you know, a lot of my um, bigger, maybe less upfront competitors, which is that they're making more money by leaving you in a tax-deferred account, right? So if your account is worth 150 grand, in a tax deferred account, they're going to make more, right? Let's say they make right. fifteen hundred bucks a year. Off bigger of that. balance means bigger. Bigger paycheck. balance, right? But if it's in the Roth, maybe there's only hundred thousand left over, and they're only going to make a thousand dollars off of that. One percent is a is a common advisor fee. So not a lot of advisors are promoting the Roth for uh, conflict of interest reasons. Uh, you know, being fully transparent like we are, and 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 having uh, having run a tax practice here for twenty years before we spun that off to um, to Mike Miller. Uh, who's not here? We're waving to the invisible mic. Um, you know that's a that's some ex- expertise and some uh, you know dif- different perspective we have. So another, uh, I think, threshold question is: uh, who, who does this make sense for? Is there a demographic or a type of person where they're like, yeah, without a doubt, you should be in a Roth four hundred one k versus a traditional 401k well i think one of them you mentioned like a lot of people aren't planning on retiring or they're planning on retiring in a different way they're planning on staying working in something that's interesting to them so if you plan on working through the you know through your retirement years you're going to have some taxable income you probably want to consider the roth 401k even if it's not um you know you might not think about that in the right you know in um it might be fully transparent or apparent to you right away but if you're going to continue to work, then you want to have some tax-free income later in life. It gives you a lot of choice and control. But another person that we thought about, and these are becoming less and less, and those are the people who have pensions. So government workers who have pensions later in life, they're going to have a high taxable income for the rest of their life. And, and as we age, cops we lose, and, yeah, and cops, uh, firefighters, firefighters. Uh, yeah. You know, firefighters actually producing a lot of their military. Uh, you know, teachers obviously, but any government worker, anybody who works, you know, at age 57 and is put in their 20 years. Uh, whatever it is, you know, those folks, if they're going to have a pension, then you probably want to think about having a little bit here because you're never going to be in the lowest tax bracket and you're going to want some choice of control. Another one, though, if you just feel like you're in a high tax bracket right now, 
you should be thinking about the Roth 401k, even though it might make be counterintuitive to think, well, gosh, why would I pay more right now? Well, you'll have a lot of room to do what's called a Roth conversion. We'll talk about that here in a bit if you ask in, in that bracket without bumping you into a higher one. And then you'll have um, tax-free income later in life. And, and so that last reason, like we just talked about, a lot of us think taxes are likely to go up in the future. We just had a presidential election where, you know, uh, uh, incoming President Joe Biden swore on one of his, you know, one of his things that he said he wanted to do was take long-term capital gains and turn them into the higher income tax bracket. Well, that would be a big deal. So that would increase taxes for anybody. A lot of people have investments. Uh, you may want to do that Roth conversion before the end of the year, before next year. You might want to be sure. thinking about getting your money into a Roth, uh, a way to go tax-free. So uh, I do want to ask you about the Roth conversion, but before we get to that, I want to ask you, and this is something that's always a driver for me personally when it comes to retirement savings, is when can I get at it? Is this is Does this follow the same rules as a regular 401k that if I, even, even though I've paid tax on it now, I can't get at it until 59 and a half. Yeah. Great question. So once your money's in there, it's the same 401k rules. So, uh, you know, young people should start and put it in there anyway, even though they're looking at age 59 and a half, all, you know, you know, 59 and a half comes up faster than any of us might really think about. But then the, the, there are two other reasons for all 401ks. You can pull money out. You can pull them out for hardships and there's a whole list of those. Uh, this year you can actually pull up to a hundred thousand dollars out because of the COVID thing. But there's two big ones. The big one is education. So you can use this money for education and you can use it for your first time home. So those are a couple of big exceptions. But no, this is a this is a plan that's really setting aside current expenses for future benefit. And those exceptions are universal regardless of your employer, the plan design, that sort of stuff. That's they, exactly your right. Your employer can't take out those exceptions. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, now employers have some um, control over some of the hardship stuff, but the ones I just mentioned are the absolutes across all the 401k plans. Got it. So now take me to conversions. So say I've been with my employer for two or three years, um, which is a really long time in, in modern, like modern employment. But it feels uh, like it. So two or three years, I've built up this balance and now I'm getting advice or, or I'm considering moving to a Roth. How do I evaluate that? Right. Inside the 401k, it's an employer plan. So the employer can prohibit you from doing a conversion. But what you could do is a Roth IRA conversion. So you could take an IRA that's tax deferred and turn it into a, into a uh, Roth IRA. But let's say your employer allows you inside the 401k. Again, you know, that's an employer by employer rule. Well, that's a great thing. So the employer is tracking the source of all the funds. The employer is tracking the contributions that the employer put in. Those are always deferred. Any, always, even in always. a Roth 401k? <laughs> that's right. So employer. they have to carry two balances, basically? Yeah. And from the employer standpoint, it's super easy. They're going to hire an administrator to track all that. And there's there, there could be as many as four, possibly even five different contribution sources. But the employer match or any contributions from the employer are always deferred. So that that's money that you'll be able to convert to uh, to the Roth side. Any of the deferred money you've put in, you can defer to the Roth side. And then as a general rule, you want to you want to wait a couple of years before you do that conversion. So if money that you've converted or that you've contributed or the employers put in two years ago, you could convert. And you can convert all of it, all of that money. As long as it's a couple of years old, you'll be safe from, you know, trouble. And then you'll pay income taxes. So they're not going to withhold taxes for you. You're going to have to plan for that. So if, you've, if you, over a couple of years of, let's say, 20000 that you want to go ahead and make your Roth conversion here in the end of 2020, you just do it. 
And then in 2021, you're going to get a tax bill for another $20,000 of income, and you're going to go Roth-free. You're going to go Roth. You're going to go tax-free. It's all going to be in that Roth 401k. When you quit work, you know, after two or three years, like it seems like the average for a lot of people, then you just roll it into a Roth IRA, and then it'll be growing tax-free for the rest of your life. Okay. And in a normal environment where we don't probably what you would call a non-election year, you might even consider doing that on January 1st, but the concern this time right. around is that if they change tax law mid-year, it will apply back to the beginning of the year. It probably will. It has in the past. I don't think they're going to hurt. But, yeah, and I love the idea of doing it on January 1 because you get more time to be tax-free. The more you can grow it in a never-taxed-again right. bucket, the better off you are. And, and the reason for that is if you do it January 1, you don't file that return until April 15th of the following of year. The following year. So you, you pay your taxes as long as possible. 16 months of tax-free. Or later if you're not on time. So how does the investment perspective or strategy change between the two at all? No, it does. Absolutely. So you want to get your maximum growth in your tax-free investment vehicle. You want to just go for it and shoot the lights out. There's no tax implications on trades in either, in, you know, either a deferred or, for, or the Roth side. But you've got maximum growth potential, or you want to go ahead and go for it in the in the tax free side. The more money you have tax free, the later on you, in life, the happier you are. And we think about it like this: that you could um, diversify by tax strategy. You know, we we talk about diversification in our industry all the time: bonds, stocks, international, U.S., small, big, all that type of stuff. Well, think about it this way: what if you had a third of your money? that was tax deferred in your traditional account and a third of your money that was tax free, never taxed again. And a third of your money, that's just your investment accounts, your checking and savings, your, your really your income, mm-hmm. anything in that taxed as earned account, a third, a third, a third, then no matter what they do with the tax brackets at the federal level, you're happy because you've hedged against everything they could do. If they raise taxes, Hey, your Roth money is great. You're never taxed again. You can vote Democrat. You can do anything you want. You can raise all the taxes. Green New Deal, baby. (laughs) They're just raising taxes on you, not me, right? Right. And if they actually lower taxes, like what happened in 2017, well, then your deferred account is doing better. So why did they call it a Roth? Senator Roth was the person who brought that through the Senate, and I have no idea how he did it, but it was an amazing, amazing deal. And part of the, you know, the part of what we can make up in hindsight about the reasons that Congress went ahead and passed the Roth uh, investment deal is because the IRS would collect revenues sooner, so that they would collect it on the kernel instead of the harvest, and that was a so accelerating revenue recognition. Exactly. Um, and, and now the rules of you know now they're they're realizing oh my gosh as people put more and more money in now it's only like three percent of all the money in in these accounts is actually sure. Roth. It's a very still a very small percentage. Well, because it used to just be the IRAs, and so yeah. how long has the Roth four hundred one k been around? Two thousand six is the first year that plans could offer Roth four hundred one k. Okay, and. Those were quickly adopted, or was there... No, very slow to adopt. 401k plans and administrators were slow to figure it out, and they didn't... They were... You know, we did. We had one of the first ones here at A&I Financial Services, maybe in the country, because we did it that year in in 2006. We're huge proponents of it. Of going tax-free. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, And then... um, So... 
what what's the risk in going to a Roth for? Is there a risk mm. in going to fraud? I mean, are sure. they? Is is this something that Elizabeth Warren's going to get a hold of and say, uh, "I know we promised you tax free, but we're just kidding." No, great, great point. So actually, it did change, and it changed very recently, and that was one of the you know the tax uh, some of the rules that changed this year. So it used to be that you could inherit a Roth account, whether you know, you almost always be an IRA because you probably want to die with an IRA instead of a four hundred one k for reasons we can talk about some other time, but. Uh, and then your kids could inherit it. And so if they got the Roth, they'd get it tax-free, and they would grow it tax-free over their lifetime. And then the grandkids could inherit it, and they would get the money tax-free over their lifetime. Now, the, the, the generation after that had to take it as a lump sum and couldn't continue that tax-free growth. So they actually had just a two-generation deferral? It was amazing. Oh. Oh, it was I huge, man. But that was an express provision of the statute. It's exactly right. Interesting. It was awesome. It was huge. It was a, it was 100 years or more of tax-free growth. Yeah, they changed that. So now it's 10 years. So after you die now, your Roth IRA has to be spent by your beneficiaries within 10 years. They still get 10 That's years. That's all part of the SECURE Act. We yeah. talked about that with the, I think the, even the... The traditional accounts have to be yeah, that's exactly liquidated. Right. Any so, retirement account now has yeah. to be liquidated in 10 years. It's a real bummer. It's a major, major pl- problem for um, for big taxable estates and people who have been accumulating a lot of money in their, in their 401k plans and IRAs. So, yeah, so that it, it, the 401ks and the IRAs all fell subject to that. So I'm just thinking, wh- what would be the, I mean, now I'm thinking out loud here a little bit, but uh, the strategy could be for that inheritor to just take the tax-free money out of the Roth IRA and fund their own. Oh, absolutely. So you can roll It'd it forward huge. as best as you can. Oh, yeah. If you if your kids, let's say, I mean, a lot of, and this is true. You have to have earned income to fund a 401k. To make a contribution, you do. To make a, a conversion, you don't. But yes, absolutely. A lot of us are, have kids that are more successful than we are. Right. And they're in higher tax brackets. I plan on it. Yeah, that's our goal, yeah. right? I mean, that's kind of the American way, right? You know, keep building up our our success here. That's that's a big part of what we want to do. So if they're in a higher tax bracket than we are, then it's a big benefit for them to inherit that Roth because they don't have to pay income tax on it. They're going to inherit it tax-free, and then that lump sum they can, they can use any way they want. But, yeah, if they haven't – so when your kids get it, if they have earned income and they haven't maxed out their contributions to tax-deductible things, they can do that. If they want to start a business, they can do that. If they want to pay off the mortgage, they could do that. Because every dollar they inherit it from the Roth, they can spend. It's the opposite on the IRA. They they might have a tax problem. If there's a million dollars in that deferred IRA, again, not the Roth, but the deferred one, well, they got a million dollars of income they got to figure Coming out. In, right. Yeah, and they're either going to do it all in one year or they're going to spread out over 10 years plus the growth that's on there. So that could, be, you know, over 10 years could be more than a million dollars of income that they're going to have to realize. Right. Even if it's 100000 a year, that could be really expensive. There's a really interesting uh, charitable remainder trust strategy we should talk about sometime on that. Love but it. The, um, I'm going to ask one more question, then I'll leave it to you to help me ask answer what I haven't asked. Uh, eligibility. Does this? I think the old Roth IRAs used to phase out at certain income levels, right? So even though I personally, yeah. I've often referred That's to right. life insurance, like permanent life insurance as yeah. a rich man's IRA because you get phased right. out. So That's right. Is the same issue present with the Roth 401k? If I'm a highly compensated employee, can I still contribute to a 401k the same way, a Roth 401k the same way I could to a 401k? A huge benefit of the Roth 401k is there's no income limit on the contribution or the conversion. So anybody at any income level, as long as their employer 
has a four a Roth four hundred one k plan can contribute to the including Roth owners and including okay. the owners and the highly compensated and the special class people everybody has and and especially like I was saying earlier if you're in the higher income tax bracket you should be thinking about whether you want to put your money in there because if you've done a good job and you plan for the future you might not fall into a lower bracket or taxes might go up. And we are losing tax deductions. Every year we live, they take away tax deductions. So there are a lot of reasons to be thinking about the Roth 401k, and you just nailed one of the biggest benefits. There's no income okay. limit. It's fantastic. Well, as we're wrapping up here, why don't you tell me what I didn't ask that is super important for folks to know? Well, one of the big things about the Roth 401k is that it's a big benefit today. In today's world, you don't have to worry about um, you know, any complicated tax laws or understanding a whole new set of rules, it's there. And it's offered by a huge number of employers right now. And it's misunderstood by a lot of employees. So it's pretty straightforward. It's widely available. It's, it's commonly accepted. And so it's a safe way to go tax-free later in retirement. And, and you don't have to worry about the employer. So if you leave, like the employer could go even out of business. But if you leave employment, you can take it with you in the form of an IRA. Roll it over Roth to Roth IRA. IRA. Exactly. And, and getting money tax-free later in life is a huge gift you're giving yourself. Even though you're going to pay a little today, it's just like investing after-tax money in a brokerage account, except all the growth is never taxed. I'm gonna, I, I lied about the one more question thing here. Just strategy-wise, as I'm thinking about it, you mentioned that, that a Roth IRA asset can be used to pay for college. That's right. So when you're talking with folks who are not near retirement but closer to sending their kids to college, how do you counsel with them to decide on whether they put money into a like a 529 versus their 401k or Yeah, great question. Do you yeah, pay tax when so, you take it out for college or Yeah, here in Colorado, no. So here in Colorado, if it's your own 401k or your own Roth IRA, you can use it for college, your own IRA, you can use it for tax free coming out. Right, right. But you don't want to do it for your kids or your grandkids or anybody oh. else. So they need to have their own. Okay. Right. So that's the deal. So so you don't want to do that. So for the parents and the grandparents, yeah, think about the 529. And in Colorado, you get a tax deduction. You get your state income tax deduction. And our state income taxes are, you know, 4.5% now after uh, after the election. So you're still getting, you know, 4 bucks and 50 cents for every $100 you put into your 529. So Free. if I wanted to go so back and bad. get that PhD or Masters of Economics or something, you I could it. use my, but not for yeah. my kids. But right. if I employed my right. kids, don't. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> now now we're going down a rabbit hole. Exactly. So, uh, Carl, really appreciate your uh, helping us understand the Roth 401k. Um, Thanks, Nate. I always love the idea of uh, going tax-free. And so... Um, Hope our uh, audience appreciated that, and maybe we'll come back and drill down into some of these concepts later in more detail. I love it. Really appreciate your time today. It was a pleasure chatting with you, as always. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the information we shared. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share.